1: Welcome into the Atlanta baseball party, your home for the best Braves baseball talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere else but right here on Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batiste, alongside me, Grant McCauley and Jarvis Davis. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So, guys, it is officially time to get this party started. Let's talk about, first of all, the recognition yet again this season, third time this season, fourth time in his career, Ronald Acuna Jr. balling out again in September, the NL player of the month. He was batted 340 with a 1.121 OPS, hit 11 home runs, stole 11 bases, scored 29 times, drove in 23 runs. We could go on and on and on. And of course hit the mark and exceeded the mark for his 4070 charter of one for that club. But when you look at those numbers, I think it's very interesting to really kind of, and when I say dig in, you know, just meaning it's not just numbers, Grant. Those numbers are important for what they did to put the Braves in the position to have home field advantage throughout the postseason.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you look at what Ron Lacuna's season was and is and and still can be over the next, what, month or so. He'd like to be playing his most important games moving forward. But just to take a look at the regular season, just an incredible, I've called it a tour de force all year long because of what he was able to do in pretty much every single category. Lead Major League Baseball in hits and runs scored, start the 40-70 club, drive in over 100 runs as a leadoff man, hit nearly yes. 340, cut his strikeout rate in half. I mean, you go on and on and on down this list. It's just been incredible. But go back to those monthly awards. If you want to get like an indicator of who's got the inside track and winning the MVP, they give yeah. out six of those awards every year. He won three of them. I would say if you win 50% of the player of the month awards, you should be able to have a pretty good case for MVP. And I think that Ronald does. That's just another, I don't know, exhibit that you can put into uh, his case because it's just been incredible and obviously a great honor. And he needed all those home runs in the end to make that little
1: extra bit of history. And it was fun to watch it. And, you know, Jarvis, After the end of the regular season, Brian Snicker was asked about Ronald Acuna Jr. And he said he he was like a kid in a candy store. Like, I can't wait to see what he does when this coming week comes, the NLDS. And I go back to something that Grant just said as well. Sort of if you dig just even one more level, cutting the strikeouts in half. Mm -hmm. That's a really powerful number that I love that Grant threw out there because that's important, you know, as well. And the three out of six, because, yeah, you got six shots at getting player of the month. And one guy got three of them. I mean, that is so powerful when you think about it. And also, Grant, just to kind of add to what you said, Jarvis, we're talking about two at the beginning of the season and one at the end. Consistency. Consistency.
0: And, like, and he exemplifies it like to the utmost. Because when you think about... Ronald Acuna Jr. Like, I want to go back to 2021 before the All-Star break. The 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 pace that he was on, he was on pace to, you know, um, hit 40 home runs that year. And you think about him getting hurt and how the, the, the fan base, I know I was sitting here going, like, what is going on? What is this team going to do? And then we know that in 2021, they went on to win the World Series after Alex Anthopoulos became the magic man at the trade deadline and brought in right. all those pieces, right? So I feel like, Ronald Acuna is on a mission. I really feel like he's on a mission to say, "Hey guys, I love the fact that you guys won a World War Series without me. It was like I was there out there on the field as well." But God dog, it, I want to be able to be a part of it. I want to be able to be the driving force, like the guy Grant said that tour the fourth. He wants. I feel like Ronald Acuna wants to be the driving force, and the and one of the main reasons why the Braves pull off another World Series. And like I said, I'm like Brian. I'm like Snit as well. I am too excited to see what he does come to NLDS.
2: Yeah, I think he's got an opportunity to do some really special things. And I've, I've talked to Ronald a handful of times throughout this year. And him being healthy, obviously, was the key to all of this happening. But you go back to that 2021 World Series. I know he traveled with the team. I know he got to be there. He got to be part of that celebration. But this is what you play the game for. Put <laughs> all of the statistical accomplishments aside, those are great. I've heard Ronald say it. Matt Olson, Austin Riley you can go on down the list. Those numbers are all great. And at some point, Brian Snitker even joked, yeah, they can sit around in their easy chair over the course of the winter and maybe think about some things that they did. But the most important things are right out there in front of them right now. For Ronald Acuna Jr., you know, that had to light that fire for his work Mm -hmm. to get back to being the player that he is so that he can be part of a team playing in a world series. That is the ultimate goal.
1: It really, really is. And, you know, when I look at it as well, I think like, boy, I don't know what is more exciting. Like, of course, obviously when he's at the plate, but even things that he does in right field sometimes are pretty cool as well because it also speaks to the narrative about the sh- one of the strengths that maybe we don't talk about a lot, Grant. We don't talk enough about the Braves and their defense. So I kind of, I'm excited about what he's going to do at the plate, but I'm also looking for kind of that third element that he'll bring to the table. But this was one interesting thing you said as well. And I want to go back to this with you guys. When you think about, all of the stats and all of the kind of, I guess, the the bullet points, if you will, for the campaign of Ronald Acuna Jr. for MVP, what would be more surprising that the vote for Ronald Acuna Jr. for MVP is closer than expected, meaning that it's a very close race between him and Mookie Betts, assuming a Mookie Betts second place finish? Or would you be more surprised if Acuna Jr. won by a landslide over Betts?
2: I'll be honest with you. I don't really expect this to be altogether that close. I think Mookie's going to have his supporters. I'm not expecting it to be necessarily unanimous. I think we've seen yeah. enough ink spilled over the last two months <laughs> to make a bigger case for Mookie bets. And look, I, I feel the need to say this every single time. Lots of players have great seasons and lots of players deserve MVP votes, consideration, all of those things. But I feel like Ron Lacuna Jr., you said the word earlier, consistency from the basically opening day to the very end of the season, he was yes. doing this all year long. And while Mookie Betts had an incredible month of August and some other great months, let me throw that out there, yeah. he started a little bit slowly, and I feel like a lot of the attention for him, and, and justifiably so because it was important to the Dodgers, was that he played multiple positions. The yeah. players don't need Ron Lacuna Jr. to do that. So I feel right. like that, when we started to get inside some of the analytics and some of the advanced stats, started to favor Mookie Betts, and maybe it even talked some people into – maybe feeling like there was a little bit closer of a race than there is. But for me, in my mind, you know, regardless of what you know, a player means individually to his club's winning, which you can say for both Acuna and Mookie Betts, this guy, Ronald Acuna Jr., this guy went out and made history this year. And I just feel like that should be rewarded. And that's the kind of thing that wins you an MVP. And by the way, his club had the best record in Major League Baseball and is looking to embark on a journey through October in which they're hoping to win it all again and do it with him this time around. I feel like that means an awful lot.
1: I think it does. And I think the good about it is, like you said, you want to sit back right now. You've got this whole week to kind of sit back and watch everybody else do what they do. Hopefully beat up on one another, Phillies, Marlins, and then you can come in and, and the Braves can take care of business. But yeah, I think that there's an excitement and a focus if I might say from both Ronald Acuna Jr., the squad overall, as well as uh, the the staff. When you look at them knowing that they are on a mission, like you said, to just kind of finish this out and not be a team, dare I say it, like the Boston Bruins. And we're having a conversation about the best regular season record ever. You never want to beat that team or, of course, the Patriots of old uh, 18-1, which I, I actually just love to kind of stir that pot but anywho tuesday was the start of the wild card series of course the phillies beat the marlins 4-1 d backs over the brewers 6-3 twins over blue jays 3-1 and rangers shut out the race 4-0 Jones, did any of those scores actually surprise you
0: not at all and, and and the one that i was paying the most attention to was the uh, phillies and marlins yes. i'm not surprised at all i don't i, I think this is a situation where we the, the Braves are going to be playing against the Phillies on Saturday because you know like it just it just it just feels right because like we know that the Braves lost to the the, the Phillies last year in 2022 in four games and i feel like this is something that hey i know a lot of people are like oh yeah I hope the Marlins win no not really i feel like this Braves team is sitting here saying like hey guys we got some Braves. redemption we need to redeem ourselves because there's no way that that, that team last year, the way i now granted the Phillies got super hot, white hot last year towards the end of the season. But I feel like the Braves want the opportunity to take, be able to take out one of the, in the East Foles.
2: Yeah. I think that means something and whoever it is, I mean, the Braves won the season series against both of these clubs. I've talked about this a lot with the Marlins. I mean, this is the first full season winning record for the Miami Marlins since 2009. So I will say this on the counterpoint of, we know who the Phillies were. We felt like they were clearly the top team coming out of that wild card. The Braves know all about them. They're the one club that has the offensive firepower, I think, to you know go maybe blow for blow a little bit with this Atlanta Braves club. But sure. the Marlins have to look around to an extent, I think, and say, well, look, a lot of things have changed this year. they got a new manager. They've got some young, exciting players. They've got some pretty good pitching. If they can just figure out a way to win this series, it would be impressive. But it's going to be a tall order, that's for sure. And when you looked across the rest of Major League Baseball from those wild card games, I was a little surprised Arizona was able to cobble it together and beat the Brewers on a day Corbin Burns pitched and do so decisively using the home run ball. Uh, Rays and Rangers, we'll see how that all plays out, I think. But Mm -hmm. the Minnesota Twins, this is one I was looking at this year thinking, is this going to finally be the time that Minnesota starts doing some winning in October, and now they're just one step away from advancing to the American League Division Series?
1: Yeah, that's those are my two as well. I thought with the D-backs Brewers, I didn't expect that to be a 6-3 type game. And I honestly didn't expect anybody to get shut out. So for the Rangers to not just do it, but a 4 or nothing shut out, that's pretty impressive coming out of that wild card. So, yeah, it'll be interesting, guys, to see uh, if these teams can answer back, respond and kind of force a game three in each of their respective series when we're looking at. The Brewers, the Marlins, the Blue Jays, and of course the Rays as well. So we're going to go deep with the crew in just a minute. But first, Jarvis is going to tell you guys a little bit more about the amazing product that we love called Bird Dogs.
0: Listen up, guys. I want to tell you about these Bird Dogs. These shorts are absolutely big man approved. What does that mean, Jarvis? That means they're super comfortable. They don't have to worry about all these these tight behind khaki shorts that don't give and they don't move when you move. And I'm telling you, Bird Dolls is going to eliminate all of that. They do the exact same thing. As melon, but fit way, way better. They're functional and you can wear them on any occasion. I promise you. There are no things you have to worry about. All the people there, you know, you at the golf course, you look trying to hit that um hit hit it off the tee, and you hitting that nice shot, you're gonna look really good in your bird dogs. Or you can go to the gym and go work out and get your swole on. I'm telling you, these things can you can wear them anywhere, anytime, and any place. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to birddogs.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on for a free water bottle at checkout. I promise you these things are big man approved. So you don't have to worry about anybody saying anything bad about the clothes that you're wearing because you got on some good bird dogs. Those,
1: they are perfectly You know They're perfect for me, I should say, and obviously Jarvis, you like them as well because they just make it a little bit easier when I'm going to the gym and I've got a pocket here, a pocket there, a pocket everywhere to just put all my goodies. But anywho, this is going deep, the postseason edition. We talked about the fact that the Braves are preparing this week, getting themselves ready, whether they face the Phillies or the Marlins in the NLDS this upcoming weekend. But one of the things that we had an opportunity to see on Tuesday was Max Freed go five innings. So, Jarvis, how encouraging was it for you to see Max Freed's simulation game performance Tuesday?
0: I, I think when you think about what him not being at, having having pitched since September 21st against the Washington Nationals, like I think this is, a, this is a pretty big deal for him to be able to get out there and you know and, and show what he got. And, and to be honest with you, it, it was kind of something that it was kind of hard to simulate because he pitched with a bandage on his finger. And obviously you can't, you know, in in a real game, a real situation, you can't do that. And I think that, you know, that's, that's probably why he may have struggled a little bit. Cause he gave a back-to-back home runs to Kevin Pilar and Sean Murphy. So I, I think that, you know, overall for him to be able to get some work and get out there and kind of get a good feel for you know, for the game as they get ready to um, prepare for the NLDS. And I think and another thing that gives me comfort is that, you know, Spencer Strider is going to be the guy pitch game one and they're going to have off day in between game game one and game two. So he's going to he's going to have plenty of rest. I feel like Max Freed is going to be, you know, exactly what we what we need him to be in order for, you know, to get this team back to where they want to go. And that's definitely the World Series.
1: And Grant, what do you think about what you saw in Freed's performance?
2: Yeah, I thought he looked like Max Fried insofar as he was kind of breezing along early on. The Braves put a couple of runners out on base just to kind of have him simulate, you know, pitching from the stretch, making throws over to first, that kind of thing. That was a little bit of, you know, what you can do when you can control all of the, you know, I guess the circumstances of the way that you're playing. But I like what they are doing just in general because the wild card games are going on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. The Braves mm-hmm. are going to be playing their simulated games. These practice squad efforts Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. So it really lines up. It allows them to not only see what a guy like Max Freed can do, but also I think very importantly, give their regular lineup, some regular at-bats against pitchers yes. who are actually trying to get them out. I think that's uh, you know pretty important. But for Max, obviously this is going to line up Spencer Strider to start on Saturday on full mm-hmm. rest. Max will be ready, as Jarvis mentioned, for game two. Throwing with the bandage, I- I'm not necessarily concerned about that because I feel like if it was able to allow him to avoid creating a blister issue in this tune-up, and it's going to be something he has to manage moving forward, then I think both Freed and the Braves will figure out a way to do that. And I think this was just kind of an extension of that to make sure that he's available to you, at least for that start against the Phillies. And it sounded like in each of those two starts where this had been an issue, it was about the sixth inning when it started to really become an issue for him. So we'll see how it all plays out. But it does sound like if you know nothing else has cropped up on Max in his uh, outing on Tuesday, mm-hmm. that he should be ready to go for the Braves in the division series. And they very much need him.
1: Yeah. And I love what you said about what the Braves are doing to prepare themselves and stay in that mindset as if they're chasing something important, right? The way they were in that mindset, even when they would rest a guy for a day, or even when they would, uh, you know, kind of switch some things up with the pitching rotation obviously out of necessity sometimes, but ultimately I like the fact that whether it was wearing a uniform or simulating crowd noise, just everything to keep these guys in the mindset of what it would be if you were playing a game this particular day when, you know, other teams are actually really playing games. So yeah, I love every, I love the approach that they're taking. It's very business-like and I, I think that it's going to bode well for them. And, you know, Grant, there are always X factors, so we can definitely talk about a couple of them, in terms of that first series and what the expectations would be, whether they play the Phillies or whether the Braves play the Marlins, but how much of an X factor do you actually think A.J. smith Shaver can be?
2: That's a fascinating one, and watching him throw in his start against the Cubs to close out the year in that series in which he pitched into the fourth inning there, about, I think it was 65 pitches if memory serves, and then he throws Mm -hmm. 75 pitches across five innings, although, Some of them, they would just decide, okay, he's thrown enough. We're going to roll this inning into the next one. So, again, it's a little bit of a loose interpretation of what an inning could be. But that aside, it was very competitive. He struck out Ron Lacuna Jr., Austin Riley, and Travis Darno in his first couple of innings. Looked like the fastball velocity was right where it was in that start against the Chicago Cubs, which was pushing 100 miles an hour, was still throwing 98 in the fourth inning there. And then the second part of this is, what can Kyle Wright then do after A.J. smith Shaver's done to perhaps be a formula for covering six innings for the Braves in a Game 3 scenario? So that is where I feel like the X factor could be. The Braves mm-hmm. have chosen to rest. Bryce Elder didn't have him throw on the final day of the season. I would imagine we could see him either Wednesday or Thursday in these practice games, but we'll find out which way that they decide to go. And the other scenario of all of this is, and we could get into this more later, or I'm sure we will at some point over the next few days, if not the next week, where mm-hmm. will the Braves be in game three? Will they be in a 1-1 series? Will they be up 2-0? Will they be down 0-2? We'll yeah. all find out together as it goes, and that could inform them on how exactly they want to approach that game three start, and I think that's something to watch. But A.J. smith yeah. if I'm making my postseason roster for the Braves for the NLDS right now, mm-hmm. I'm going to find a place for him because I think he's of value whether he starts or if you're able to use him or need him if another starter is unable to give you those innings. It would be yeah. awful nice to have somebody with that kind of arm to maybe cover two, three innings and help your bullpen and bridge that gap, which is we know in the postseason to kind of wrap all this up, the mm. the uh, managers are gonna pull that trigger a little sooner in terms yeah. of giving the hook to the starting pitcher, more so than you would in a regular season
1: scenario. Indeed, yeah. indeed. And oh, go ahead, Jarvis.
0: No, I was just gonna say just kind of add to it. Like I really feel like that Kyle Wright piece is gonna be very important yeah. because. You're talking about him coming out of the bullpen. He's a 20 game winner. I know, you know, coming off the injury and everything like that. He can he had some shaky moments, but I really feel like Cal if Cal can get into a good space. You're talking about some a guy that's be perfect for long relief, <laughs> you know, um, just yep. in case. Like you like like because if a pitcher a starter gets that hook, like Grant mentioned, like I, I feel pretty confident that hey Cal Wright can get a, get the job done, especially if that's the guy the first guy that they go to in that particular scenario.
1: Yeah. I Absolutely. And that was going to be my question. So perfect uh, segue, because I was going to ask a little bit about what your thoughts were with Kyle. So, you know, we talk about, Grant, the X factor uh, as far as like the pitching rotation. But I want to go to the bullpen as well. Kind of take me through like that last month, you know, or even the last week or two from what you saw. Because one of the things that we talked about um, in one of the previous baseball parties was whether or not this group was maybe trending or possibly could trend and and turn into night shift Mm
0: 2.0 or
1: whether you're so so my question to you is Are have you seen anything whether it's one guy who's going to be leading the charge to become night shift 2.0 or do you see them kind of coming together as a whole where all the pieces are starting to click slowly but surely in that bullpen
2: yeah I feel like the pieces are in place since he came off the injury list I feel like AJ mentor has looked good Pierce Johnson came over in that trade from the Rockies he's got to be one of your four top leverage relievers. We know about mm-hmm. Joe Jimenez, who we got yes. through a, a rocky couple of outings in early September and seemed to write the ship late. And Rysel Iglesias, I, I feel like, you know, after some early struggles this season, and right. look, your closer is going to blow a game every now and again. It just happens. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. But he put together a really nice season. So when you've got those four, Brian Snitker is going to have those options for those high leverage moments in the mm-hmm. seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. But then the question becomes in the middle, and this is where you can start thinking about how do you get to those guys? You're going to have to look at some of the other arms. Maybe Jesse Chavez, Chavez I mean, yeah. gets an opportunity. Kirby Yates, I know, you know folks have looked at the walks and thought, oh, that's problematic, but he doesn't give up a lot of hits. So he's going to be a guy they're going to look at, somebody who's got an all-star pedigree and mm-hmm. experience as well, who's looking for his first turn in October to hopefully make a difference. But Cal Wright, A.J. smith Shaver, if they're able to come out of the bullpen and help you out there, that yeah. could be a pretty big deal. And the veteran Brad Hand, I think, is going to be in this equation as well. He's the second lefty, but I feel like the Braves need to find opportunities where he's mostly mm-hmm. facing lefties because righties have had a lot of luck against him. And I'd say more than luck. They've had a lot of success against him in 2023. So Brian Snicker is going to have to find the the options to mix and match and the right matchups in general to yeah. give this bullpen the opportunity to succeed. But the other thing that really goes so well with all of this, not just for the rotation, but for the bullpen, is the scheduled off day. So you don't have to throw someone three or four days in a row. You're really able to think about how you want to use them and not worry about, oh, well, I've already pitched this guy too many times this series.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another thing that I was thinking about as well, just as far as the X factors go, and again, Grant and Jarvis, looking at that last two or three weeks of the season, we've talked, of course, a lot about Ronald Acuna Jr., And we didn't get a chance to really talk about him in that first segment. So I really do want to at least still acknowledge Marcel Ozuna, the unbelievable. We call him the second half MVP grant. That's what Jarvis and I have been calling him him for for the Braves. But uh, aside from those guys and, of course, Matt Olson, kind of who would you see as the X factor at the plate? You guys, who would you see as the X factor at the plate where if he starts to unload? In the NLDS and you see a consistency across those games, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy who's going to be maybe that third, that fourth or fifth guy who's going to help the Braves close this thing out.
2: I'm going to throw out two real quick and then toss it over to Jarvis, but I think Ozzy Albies missing the postseason last year. That's going to lie. He's mine. Yep. yep. Michael Harris, the second, I feel like as he comes into his second postseason and the way that he's been trending in that second half, if we want to talk about MVPs since the month of June, he's way up there as well. Those are two guys. I know we're going to talk about Acuna and Olsen and well, Albies is probably on that list too. And Austin Riley, but there are a lot of different guys that can beat you in the postseason. And Hey, maybe it's somebody a little bit lower in the order. We've seen the big moments from Eddie Rosario. The two pretty good hitting catchers that could catch fire at the right time. And, that guy Orlando Arcia has had his nose in a lot of big hits and big situations for the Braves. So, Jarvis, you got a lot to choose from. Who are you going
0: with? <laughs> uh, I'm <laughs> right. happy. Can I go? Can I throw Austin Riley out there? You know, Arcia. like, for, yeah, you know, the 100 RBI guy. So it's just. This story, this season has just been so amazing because I just think from a historical standpoint, you talk about the fifty-four and one thirty-nine with Matt Olson. You know, you talk about the forty-one and the seventy-three for Ronald Acuna Jr. You talk about the forty and hundred for Marcel Ozuna, a guy who was hitting zero eighty-five. I know it's, you know, I can say eighty-five and be be um, correct in my statistical, you know, uh, from a baseball standpoint, but it's it just uh, I think people don't understand like how amazing that is. Like this is in April and the way he was able to, you know, turn things around and just come up and he even talked about it, like how SNIT was really big. He said, God and SNIT. (laughs) That's that's who I have to thank, you know, for me being in this situation. And and when you think about that, like, you know, SNIT being mentioned the same breath as God because SNIT, he didn't didn't have to stick with him. Like everybody would have understood if he said, you know what? I'm not going to run you right there anymore because you're not doing good and you're not helping this team right now. So, but for a Snit to be able to stick with him and, 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 and and, and he ended up with a season like he did with a 40 and hundred RBI. I feel like he can definitely be an X factor. And I, and I I think that Snit is going to look really good in this NLDS series, because I think he could be a guy. And like I mentioned earlier, Austin Riley can definitely be a guy that can catch fire and, for the guys we have so many guys to choose from in this particular scenario it is just I can't wait I am so excited I'm ready yeah yeah I, I
1: would say the same it's like bridling the excitement and the anticipation like oh my god is it is it time yet just because I, I feel like they're feeling the same way right so for me I'm gonna make it a triumvirate for Ozzy Albies and saying that's definitely an x-factor but as my low-key guy I want to be able to say next week or the Braves, or the Braves Atlanta baseball party two weeks from now, we don't talk enough about Sean Murphy. Like that's the conversation I want to have some guy that we don't talk about enough because he gave us a reason to talk about him again. But listen, if you guys want to talk to Jarvis more about this, our everydayers, don't forget to check him out on subtext. You can have some really cool one-on-ones. I mean, what do you guys want to see out of Ronald Acuna Jr. Now that he's going to really have a say in the postseason run of this here Braves team, or what do you guys think about, the night shift 2.0. Are we in line to see that? Let Jarvis know. And you can let him know by checking him out on subtext. Now the Braves await the winner of the Marlins Philly series. All right, Grant. Look into your crystal ball. Does that series really go three games?
2: I'm kind of hoping that it does because it <laughs> really plays out, I think, is beneficial to the Braves because this is the thing with the wild card series, right? In order to advance to the playoffs as we knew them and the rounds that we were accustomed to, Division mm-hmm. Series, Championship Series, World Series, yes. you might have to burn your top three starting pitchers to do it and not really be able to reset that rotation before you have to come back and play that next round. So that, right. I think, will benefit Atlanta regardless of who wins. I, I've, I've kind of you know fluctuated on, you know, do you want the redemption story against the Phillies? A club the Braves right. went 8-5 and five against this year. Mm -hmm. Or do you want the matchup that's been favorable to the Braves for such a long time? And that's the Miami Marlins, who they were nine and four against. And until they lost that three-game series right after they clinched the division, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we can have a conversation about maybe the reasons why that happened that way. But you can't take anything away from either of these clubs. And Brian Snicker said this after the last day of the season. All 12 of these teams in the playoffs now they have a chance to win the World Series. You can't just sit here and look at the regular season records and say, okay, it should be this guy and this guy. you got to go out there and win these series. Everybody's dangerous. And I think we saw that in the opening round of wild card play. And I'm sure we'll continue to see it as all of these three-game series come to a conclusion by Thursday. I think the Phillies have the power to win this series. Clearly, they did it in game one. They Mm -hmm. have that ravenous and, and crazy crowd up there at Citizens Bank Park. That's a big part of it, as always. And, again, the firepower is hard to overlook. And Zach Wheeler delivered like an ace. So we're yeah. going to find out, I think, very quickly in game two. The Marlins need to make a statement. They've got somebody, I think, that can and Jorge Soler. They need to get him going, yes. get some power flowing through that Marlins lineup. They got Jake Berger, a guy that most people might be saying, where did he come from? The Chicago mm-hmm. White Sox. White he was Sox, extremely yeah. good for them. Josh yes. Bell was a nice pickup for them. They've got some power in that lineup, but they need to get going, I think, get it going early. They got Jazz Chisholm, who I think is one of, when he's going, one of the most electric players that you can find. It hasn't been the season he's wanted, but you can rewrite the whole narrative in the postseason. So to make the long story as short as I possibly can, I'd like to see it go three. I'm not counting the Marlins out completely, but the Phillies, squarely by taking game one, have the advantage that they want, and they want to deal
1: that knockout blow as quick as possible.
2: Yeah.
1: All that pressure, Jarvis, is indeed on the Marlins right now to just extend this thing to Thursday
0: yeah it, it the, the pressure is on because hey you know when you, it's, it's easy to win he's either win or go home because yeah. I feel like the Phillies are are really prepared to to go ahead and take this thing because you know at the end of the day, like I like the redemption story grant, I don't know about you, but I just really feel like this is something that is destined was bound to happen It's it's yeah. going to happen and i and I feel like the marlins. Yeah, true enough. They have some guys that you know, the guy, a guy like Josh Bell, who's played on every team in the division, I think, if if, if, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, besides the Braves, but I, I think that you know, you, you got some pop in, in up and down that lineup. But I really feel like this is a scenario where we're going to be looking at this series and saying, okay, so it's more than likely going to finish this bad boy out, and then we're going to be looking to redeem ourselves uh, uh, against this team uh, in the NLDS this year.
1: I feel like the Marlins are like that spunky upstart team, if you will. So I feel like that alone is going to help them to kind of reset a little bit easier because sometimes if you can have that selective amnesia, forget what happened just the day before, I think they feel like they're that team who can do that and force this to be a game three. And like you said, Jarvis, I kind of like the redemption story. So I kind of like the, the, uh, the Phillies, but, the Marlins could be a redemptive story as well because of the way they treat Ronald Acuna Jr. So I feel like the Braves might have something to say if they get them to say in your face because it's always so contentious between those two. So yeah, we, we talk about maybe a team redemption from the Phillies, but I feel like there might be a little something there too with the Marlins because like I said, we know the history and uh, how they treat uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. at the plate now. We talked about this, but I just want to go back to it really quickly to see if you looked in one area, and that could be either place or it could be both. If you want to look at the pitching or if you want to look at it at the plate, but going back to that more favorable matchup, if you think the Phillies are the more favorable matchup for the Braves, then why? Is it because of the pitching rotation? Is it because of the plate? Same thing with the Marlins. If you think the Marlins will actually kind of get over the hump and, and they make it to the NLDS, well- you know, what's, what's their strength, so to speak, like what makes it a, or actually what's their weakness, excuse me, the brave strength that makes that a favorable matchup.
2: Yeah. I'd have to go with the more favorable matchup being the Marlins just based off of, I mean, honestly, until we got to that final series, Miami yeah. was having a hard time figuring out how to deal with the Braves. They were one in nine against Atlanta in the first 10 meetings. They yeah. won that final series of the year, that matchup between the two clubs and, Maybe that gives them a little bit of confidence, but they didn't get Sandy Alcantara back. He's not available to them. That's last year's Cy Young Award winner. That means that some of these younger pitchers, whether it's Luzardo or Braxton Garrett, and some of these others, and guys that are you know being tested against the Phillies right now, they're the ones that have to carry the weight and try to get through this series. But you know, I think one thing that really speaks to me about a young team is, I mean maybe as much as like when you get there you're you're not really familiar with it so it can work in your advantage and that right. maybe you don't put that much pressure on yourself but then again i mean how is it you know how is it possible to not feel the weight of advancing to a place that you've never been before and not maybe be at least a bit overwhelmed but will the moment be too big i think is the question right. for them the phillies though That matchup, I think we know really well. It's a very tough lineup with some very seasoned hitters and some sluggers that have made their mark against the Atlanta Braves in head-to-head battles over the years, not just last year. And they have Wheeler, they have NOLA, they have a very capable pitching staff and a much-improved bullpen. So if you're looking for the one that really matches up well for the Braves, it would, of course, be the Marlins. But can Mm -hmm. Miami find a way to upset the Phillies at this point and win the final two games of this series? It's a tall order, especially With the the place that they find themselves with their backs against the wall in hostile territory,
0: yeah, ditto, (laughs) (laughs) right? He is (laughs) the free exactly. But Grant said that's the only way, that's the only that's all the response I have to what Grant said. Because you know, this is like I want to see, I want to have a matchup against the big boys, like I want to see that. I want to see this. You know, I know that you know the favorite matchup will definitely be the Marlins, I feel, because I feel like the Braves can power that way through that series and and, and, and and because of the pitching staff or the injuries that El Grant mentioned. So for me, I, I feel like, you know, this is something that, you know, hey, Braves, you can take advantage of, you know, um, wanting to get this series win and going on to the NLCS because, hey – we we have we have to redeem ourselves, like I can say I think that's a the theme here. This re- redemption it, 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 it the redemption tour is on for real. Yeah. I think I think that I wholeheartedly believe that.
1: Yeah, and low-key, I mean, I know that the Phillies had moments where they were hot, obviously, to put themselves in a position to be able to host the uh wild card series, however, they had some swoons at the end of the season that maybe we don't talk about a lot and that could also put them in a vulnerable position where that could still be a more favorable matchup for the Braves we know why the Braves had their swoons those were almost like purposeful like almost taking you to what happens in the NBA right where there's Players are going to get rested because we got to get ready for the postseason. But, yeah, low-key, I'm wondering, other than obviously what we saw in game one against the Marlins, like, hmm, there may be some chinks in that armor as well. So, listen, we appreciate you guys for stopping by the Atlanta baseball party. Of course, be sure to check out our Locked On Sports Atlanta channel on YouTube to see all of our parties. And don't forget to stop by the Atlanta sports party tomorrow. Hey, Prime members.